Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Hello there, family. Merry Christmas. We're getting there. We're getting there, right? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Did you ever wonder why we have our uh, big Christmas program uh, the week before Christmas week? So that we can have as many amazing people as possible. Because everybody travels the week before, right? But you'll be back next week anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So for those of you who might not have been here up to this point, Um, We are doing a series of Christmas sermons that we've called Come and See. And we're talking about different aspects of coming and seeing. And so that idea is come and see what God can do, was our first sermon. Come and see what God can do. And in that sermon, we talked about how God can do anything. And in the Christmas story, we see him doing amazing things to bring people to his son. And it's not just one small group of people, it's a wide variety of people. And the question is whether they wanted to accept what God had or not. And then in our second sermon, we talked about what God will do. And in the Christmas story, we saw that God is very capable of protecting us, that God will never fail us, That even when we may be outsmarted, like the wise men were outsmarted by Herod, God will never, never fail us. And so this week, we want to talk about what God has done. We want to talk about what it is as we celebrate Christmas, what God has done. I want you to picture in your mind a person who is currently alive, this is important, currently alive, who you've never met. A person who is currently alive who you have never met, but you would like to meet. So you got that person in your mind? Somebody who, so this is somebody you have to be able to actually meet them. So you have that person that they are alive, you want to meet them, but you have not met them. You're picturing them. So what's stopping you? Why haven't you met them? (laughs) Did I hear restraining order? No, sorry. Um, What they really said was bodyguards, but... uh, So can can I take that... And, and use one word, access. If there's somebody that you really want to meet and you haven't met them, usually the reason why you haven't is because you don't have access to them. So one of the things I loved about being a reporter was that I had access. 
Yeah, back when I, uh, the, the years that I got to be uh, in radio and television news, one of my favorite things about it was that I had access. I had access, I had the governor's phone number on my phone, I could call whenever I needed to, didn't mean he'd answer, depending on what was going on politically, you know what I'm saying? But the point was I had access. And you'd say, okay, Ken, but you were a reporter on the little tiny island of Guam out in the Western Pacific, nothing interesting is really happening out there. Au la contraire. Um, there are two massive uh, military bases there, huge. So we had a ton of celebrities and political figures that came out to entertain the troops, to visit the troops. We had a lot of people that came through and I got to check a couple bucket lists for me of people that I really wanted to meet. Access is an amazing thing when you have it. I've never had that kind of access before, and I haven't had that kind of access since. <laughs> For whatever reason, they don't pick up my phone anymore <laughs> when I'm calling. But you know, there's another thing that will sometimes keep us from having access. This is usually to a different group of people. It's the people that we don't want to have access to. You know it's possible for us to really misread people. To think, have you ever, can you think of somebody that you really thought was somebody you would not want to have anything to do with and then you actually spent some time with them and you're like, man, they're cool. That, they're, they're completely different than what I had imagined. So I want to combine those into one story for you. Uh, I got a phone call from uh, my news director, uh, in the middle of the day, we were coming up on a hard deadline, and she said, Ken, you are the reporter that is closest to the mall right now. I know where you're at, I know you're headed back to the station, I need you to stop by the mall and pick up an interview because R. Lee Ermey, R. Lee Ermey is here, he's flying out to Iwo Jima from here, uh, to cover the 60th anniversary of the liberation of Iwo Jima, and he's written a book, and I'm looking at some of you, and you are looking at me really blank, like you don't appreciate who R. Lee Ermey is. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm here for you. I want you to understand who R. Lee Ermey is. If you don't know who R. R. Lee Ermey is, um, I'll show you, he played a certain kind of character consistently, and you can see it in this commercial if I turn on my clicker. Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on gun insurance? That's not him. Does a former drill sergeant make a terrible therapist? And that's why yellow makes me sad, I think. That's interesting. You know what makes me sad? You do! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jack wagons! Did you? Geico. Minutes could save you 15% or more. The drill sergeant, that's Arlie Ermey. And by the way, some of you are saying, I don't feel comfortable with you playing commercials for people in church. I have a pass on this because one of our church members, Herb Clichy's, who passed away in 2021, Herb actually designed the Geico logo. I get a pass. There we go. All right, there we go. So my, my boss calls me and says, I want you to go interview this guy. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I have met, just a couple weeks before, there was an actress that I actually did want to interview. 
I'd gone to the set where she was filming her, doing her film, and I was like, like this is a big time actress. I was like, ooh, well, I mean, couldn't have been that big. She was filming on Guam, but you know, anyway, my point is, it, she, it was, I knew who she was, and I really wanted to get this interview, and I went to the set, and uh, she was on a break off to the side. I walk up, said, hi, my name's Ken from KOM News, just wanted to get, and she literally turned her back on me. Like, literally turned her, I'm like, and I, like, there's that moment, right, where you're like, that, really? I'm, I'm right here. And, and I was like, she, I thought she was a super nice person, and there she, and so I, I'm like, maybe she just, like, maybe somebody called her name and she turned her, and so I try to walk, and she keeps turning. And then her PR person came and threw me out. And so it was, it was, uh, I was like, I just kind of come off of realizing that, you know, people can really be just, and this guy, Arlie Ermey, not a nice person. I'm not that interested in doing it. I was like, oh, come on, Sabrina, do I really have to go do this? Yeah, Ken, you got to go do it. So I go to the mall, go to the bookshop. There is a line out the door. I walk in. I'm on a tight deadline. I see the guy, and I'm thinking, how do you go up to that guy and be like, hey, man, can you take a break and do an interview with me? No, I can't. You know, that's, that's what I'm kind of expecting. So, I, but I'm, I'm a reporter, I get paid to do this, so I walk up to him and I said, hey, uh, Mr. Ermey, I was just wondering whether or not you might be able to do an interview with me. I'm with the local television station here and uh, I'd just like to just do something really quick with you. And he said, son, there's a long line of people here that have been waiting for me to sign a book for them. And uh, if you don't mind, if you just uh, wait, I'd be more than happy to do an interview with you once I get through this line of people. And because I was scared of it, I said, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, I'm just going to have to get video of you signing books because I'm on a deadline. I've got to get back to my station. I, um, I appreciate that you were even willing to. Uh, please don't hurt me. And I you know, start to back away. And he looks at me. Arlie Army looks at me and he said, so you're on a deadline. I said, yeah. He stands up out of his chair and he looks at the group of people and goes, you all know this guy? They're like, yeah, Mr. KUAM, news, yeah. And he's like, this guy needs an interview from me and he's on a deadline. Would you be okay with me going ahead and doing an interview with him and then I promise I will stay until the last book is signed? They're like, yeah, go ahead and do it. He goes, what do you want to ask? He gave me the best, he was one of the absolute nicest people you will ever meet. He was kind, he was considerate. You can just tell him the way that he handled that whole situation. Just a genuinely nice person, genuinely nice. We misread people sometimes. Whether it's because we, we see something on TV or we've heard from somebody else, we misread. And I wanna suggest to you that I think that God is often misread. I think through the millennia, there has been a misconception of God, that God is this grouchy old man in the sky waiting to hit the smite button, that God is not that interested in having a relationship with us. That's why he had to pay his son to go do it or something, right? I've heard that before, right? And yet, I want to suggest to you that if you read through the Bible, God has been abundantly clear that he loves us and he wants us to understand that we have access to him.
But we get confused. We think we don't have access, and we think that even if we could get access, we'd have to, you know, there'd have to be some pretty massive changes for that to happen. I mean, look at the Garden of Eden at the very beginning, right? God immediately makes it clear to humanity that he wants us to be in relationship with him because that's what access is about. And he gives us access to him. So he doesn't just create this world and wander off into the cosmos. He creates a garden. He puts Adam and Eve in it, and he spends time with them in that garden daily. There's some of you who have some pretty big jobs in this room. You're very busy people. None of you are as busy as running the universe. And yet that God, that God said, I'm not too busy for you. And so God is in the garden with them. And Adam and Eve, they've just, just one, one thing, and they can't do it. They don't trust God. They don't believe God. And so they go and do their own thing. And God never comes and visits them again. Except that's not how the story goes. How the story actually goes is they disobey, they do the wrong thing, and then they go and hide from God. But God comes looking for them. Genesis 3 tells me that Jesus walks in the garden, that God walks in the garden saying, where are you? He knew where they were. It was them that was hiding from him. God didn't withdraw from them. They withdrew from God. And when God finds them, he takes care of them. He takes care of them. In spite of the mistake that they've made, he looks out for them. And loves them. And if you keep on reading through Genesis and Exodus, you start seeing a story of God trying to get across to his creations that he wants to be with them. You see it in his interactions with Abraham. You see it in his interactions with Jacob. You see it when it comes to Moses taking the children of Israel on a 40-year camping trip. A few of you got it. It's okay. On that trip, as God leads them out of captivity, as he leads them out of slavery, as he does that, he goes before them in a pillar of of fire by night, cloud by day, leading them. But that wasn't enough for God. On a a mountain that that was quaking, fire, and they were terrified, they're like, oh, Moses, you go talk to God. That's scary. And God says to Moses on that mountaintop this, make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. The ultimate access. The ultimate access. Do you realize when God asks for a home to build, be built for him with his people, the children of Israel, when he's doing that, he has them put it right in the center of the camp. In the original language that this was written in, that word midst conveys at the core, at the center. In other words, God wanted to be so close, he couldn't get any closer. That's how close God wants to be to us right now. He wants to be in our midst. 
In one of the videos that we showed you earlier, we asked, why was Jesus born a baby? Why didn't he just come full grown? Why was he in a manger? Why was he born to parents who were in poverty? And can I just suggest to you that the answer comes back to the word access. If Jesus had been born to a wealthy family, to a wealthy family, who would have had access to Jesus? If you have the means, let me just ask you this. If you were really, super, really, really wealthy and, and an angel came to you and said, you're going to go ahead and conceive a child, which will be God. If you're wealthy, you're going to start building an even larger wall around your house. You're going to move to a safer place. You're going to hire bodyguards because God has just entrusted you with himself. (laughs) You're going to use your means to protect that child, to keep access out. And so God came to two parents who could not protect him from a world that he wanted to have access to him. God was born in a manger so that not only the wise men could visit him, but the shepherds, the lowest person on the hiring grid, that they could visit as well at his birth. God was sending a loud and clear message that he wasn't joking when he said he will be God with us. God not near us, not a God with us. It was a loud and clear message to the people in his time, and it is a loud and clear message that should be coming through to our time too. God wants to not be close to you. He wants to be in your midst. Jesus told his disciples prior to his death, unless I go away, the comforter cannot come to you. Why is that important? Well, the reason it's important is what Paul tells us right here. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. In other words, when Christ left, his Holy Spirit came and now lives in us. So Christ isn't just with us, close. If you ask, he's in you. It doesn't get any more intimate than that. The God of the universe wants to have space in the core of who you are. Remember, before you understood that, remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall. 
God has done everything God can possibly do to remove the barriers so that you can have access. And he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near for through him, we both have our access in one spirit to the father. You see, the father didn't want Jesus just to come and, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're a boss, you might send somebody to do a job you don't really want to do, you know? And sometimes that's the picture we have, right? God the Father sends Jesus because he didn't, you know, God the Father's kind of annoyed with us, to be honest with you, but Jesus is long-suffering, compassionate child. is like, come on, Dad, calm down. And yet, if you really want to understand who God is, you understand that God didn't see Jesus because he didn't want to be here. He sent the very best of himself. You cannot send something more precious than your child. God sent Jesus part of himself, the best, so that not only would we have access to Jesus, but that we would have access to the Father and the Holy Spirit. Access. Access matters. Jesus is our proof that God loves us. There are a few of you here today who you know God loves you. You've heard it. You've been told that you have access to God. You may have even accepted God but you are not using that access. You're not using the access that's been given to you. Imagine right now what would happen. Just think, you thought back to the very beginning, that person that you have never met before that's alive. They call you up on the phone and they say, hey, wanna come over to your house, want to spend the day with you. And you're like, I mean, thanks, but I'm pretty busy at this time of year. The God of the universe has granted you access. And the question is, do you want to take advantage of it or not? And here's the thing. If you haven't been taking advantage of it, I'm not here to shame you. I'm just here to say, remember, you have access. Use what you've been given. Now, there's a few of you here right now who are thinking, well... Happy for all these Christian people that I'm around. I think I cleaned up well enough to show up in church today. But it's nice that the pastor's saying that I have access to God, but there's a couple things that I'm going to have to do because I'm pretty sure they're in the way of me having access to God first. When we sing, oh, come all ye faithful, you're like, mm, not in that group. When we say, come and see, you're like, yeah, um, I get it, but I got some work to do and I'll get back with you. Or maybe you think it's just too much work to do. There's no way. Family, let's not forget this verse. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ was born for us. While we were still sinners, so if you today don't characterize yourself as faithful, if instead you characterize yourself as unfaithful, God invites you to come and see that the faithful and unfaithful 
are equally given access. You do not need to clean up. You do not need to change. You just need to come to the one who knows you and is capable of doing more than you can possibly do for yourself or that you could even imagine doing for yourself. Come and see. Come and see what God has done. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.